Welcome to the Center Mid Philosopher. This episode is brought to you by Augustus Royale Fashion. Life's not black and white, it's gray, and gray is beautiful. Check out the brand below in the link. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Center Mid Philosopher. Um, have a very special guest with us today, Rob Lovejoy, uh, Greensboro, uh, Canterbury Cougar, uh, Page High School, UNC Tar Heel legend, um, one of the best that's ever come through, made it all the way, got drafted to the MLS, Houston Dynamo, um, a, tr a true hero of all of ours. Um, Rob, thank you profusely so much for joining. Man, that's that's quite an introduction. I'm I'm flattered to be here. Uh, thanks, Matt, for all that you're doing and uh, the soccer connection is just awesome to make. And I know your kids go to Canterbury, so happy to make that connection as well. And I have to say, you you have the perfect voice. For <laughs> yeah, I know. If it took me 42 years to do something with it, I don't know if. The, yeah, it's. Uh, but thank you. No, thank you so much. <laughs> it's good for something. I, you know, um, I've, I've got the worst singing voice on the planet, but I guess I, I can talk um, and I and I do too much of it sometimes. So just tell me to shut my yapper if, if I get going. Um, but um, yeah, man, again, it's just so, such a pleasure to have you on. And um, you just had such an um, incredible impact on our community. And, you know, we all your jerseys hanging in the rafters at, at Canterbury and and, I, you know, we both played at Page. And, um, you know, we were second in the nation when I was there. I played with Eddie Robinson and uh, tons of these guys. And, you know, I was on, you know, I was all conference, all state. I, um, and I didn't even get to see the field. I was, the only, I was only, one of only two sophomores to ever even make varsity. So uh, that's how good we were. When, and then, you know, finally got to play when I was a junior. But, um, hey, man, you, you know, we're going to get to uh, your background and your story and, and everything about Rob Lovejoy and soccer. But want to just get to some hot topics, some housekeeping. Um, uh, there's been a couple things that have happened in the world of soccer here this week. Um, and uh, right off the top, there's a guy, I think his name is uh, Mepi. No, it's uh, Lionel Messi just joined Inter Miami. <laughs> Um, probably the biggest news uh, to ever happen to the MLS. Uh, literally, the GOAT of soccer has uh, spurned uh, Al-Hilal, and I don't want to say spurned, but said, you know what, no more Barcelona for me. He's joined. Um, I'd love to just get your thoughts on this. As a former MLS player, you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being I'm as excited as one could get, about anything in the MLS, one being none. How? Where would you rank your excitement on this? A hundred. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's great. I think it's great for the sport of soccer. I think it's great for this country. And I mean, he is, in my opinion, the best player to ever play the game. And so I'm, I'm flattered that he, you know, made that decision. I was a little bit surprised given, you know, some of the numbers that were being thrown around from the Saudi Arabian league and elsewhere, you know, obviously the personal connection he has to Barcelona, but um, to land, you know, the best player to ever play the game. I, I think that's just going to yeah, be a, a great catalyst for the sport in this country. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, 
you know, we, we'll we talk about Messi versus Ronaldo later. And I love, love, love Ronaldo. But, man, and I've I, listen, I, I, Messi is, yeah, I, I agree. He might quite possibly be the best player that's ever played. Um, but he just went up about 100 notches in my book because, you know, how much money does a man need? You know, like I know that, you know, I was actually, when, at one point in time when it was $500 million, that was – larger than the GDP of eight nations in the country, one of which is Micronesia for any Zoolander fans out there. But <laughs> um, but then they upped it to $1.6 billion across three years, and he still said, you know what? No, I'm going. And, I mean, holy smokes, is that – that's cool. I mean, I, I he just – you know, if, if you wanted American fans, boy, did he just get them. And yeah. um, I'm just really – honored uh, not that i have any way to be honored but i'm just really pumped for american soccer that he chose that and you know to your point about the going back to barcelona you know that that would have been cool but like i was a huge fan of ronaldo going back to man united and that was a great first couple 20 games or so but then it went bad and it went kind of really bad i don't think it soured his legacy too much but it didn't really help it so i think he made the wise choice of just saying you know what I'm Barcelona. I'm I'm the best that's ever played at Barcelona. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave that there. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm curious, like for you as a former MLS player, you know, what would you say? Like, how what's the consensus of current players with that? Because like I know there's just massive income disparity, and you know, um, one of the things we talk about is folks like you and Grant Porter and Eddie Robinson and Logan Pauls, um, who are, you know, heroes of mine and former teammates and guys I played with, um, you know, Eddie Robinson was talking about how he had to live with a Filipino family on Craigslist, just even live, um, back when the salary is, I mean, how do you, I mean, do you think the the vast majority of players are going to embrace this or are they kind of going, you know, geez, it'd be nice if we could all get a $50,000 raise. And looking at Messi in a vacuum, I would pay Messi to come. I would forego my salary. So I think I hope that answers your question. But yeah, there there has been a disparity in uh, income in the in the MLS for a long time. And um, you know, I was fortunate to join later in the process. Yeah. Guys like Eddie Robinson and Brad Davis and uh, Demarcus Beasley, you know, Landon Donovan, all all those names kind of set the path for that gap to be narrowed um you know when i was playing it still was pretty wide um but honestly i I was never in it for the money just personally it was a goal that i had ever since i was a young kid to play uh professional soccer and i i didn't really care about the the wage gap you know some guys who you know want to make a career out of it 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 becomes a little bit more of, of an issue but um you know Back to the the question, I I would have paid Messi to play to be able to play on the same team as him. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's it's going to be unreal. I think, I, I you know the, the the Messi effect as we were all talking about, like in ten minutes, Inter Milan gained a million followers, and in less than twenty four hours, they gained like two point five million. And obviously, we all know the season tickets have gone from like seventy eight yeah. bucks to like five thousand or something ridiculous and you know 
everyone in the league is going to benefit from this. But what, some of the stuff that I've been really impressed with, and we'll see if it happens, but like you're starting to hear names like Di Maria and Busquets and Suarez and people like that being thrown around that they may join them in Inter Miami. And like, holy smoke. I mean, that's that's basically Barcelona. And yeah. all those guys can still ball. I mean, like, I think, you know, some of the pushback you get from people, the few that do say, like, this is just a retirement league. Well, if the effect that he has is that he gets players like De Mar like De Maria is I've never seen him play better, frankly. Mm -hmm. He's in his prime. Like he in the World Cup and his his play for Juventus lately has been the best I've ever seen. And if they can get him, that is a top 10, 15 player in the world, pretty much in their prime. So we'll see what happens with all that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And also, I, I think it's easy to overlook, but, you know, there is a lot of young foreign talent coming into the league. And there, that's been a trend for yeah. a long time now. And these are really highly skilled, you know, high pedigree uh, players that, that the league is attracting. And I think that's reflected in the quality of play uh, that has increased over time, in, in my opinion, in the MLS. So I think it's good for soccer in this country. Um, you know, it, I do think it has an impact on the college game as it exists. And for, you know, players coming out of college, young professionals like me. Um, but long term, I you know, I'm encouraged by, by what I've seen. Yeah, you mentioned an influx of young talent from all over the world. <clears throat> I, I think we are seeing that marrying the big names with the Bales and the Messi's the biggest ball, Chiellini, you know, but then you got guys um, like Almeida and, you know, you've got, um, uh, geez, who's the guy? <clears throat> Joseph Martinez. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. there's, there are some incredible players and then Signet came over for a bit to Toronto FC. I mean, I think you are starting to see that bridge a little bit. And maybe this will, maybe like some like really legit players in their prime might be like, you know what? I want to go hang out in Miami with Messi yeah. and, and like live the good life. And so I, I guess time will tell. I, I kind of look at the, like this guys, you know, from a global perspective, when, when Beckham came over, the MLS took a big jump kind of internationally I'm hoping uh you know as a U.S. soccer fan and um someone lives in the United States that Messi coming over is like that next that next uh, rendition of that happening and uh just to kind of wrap up the the Messi uh saga to enter Miami um he's getting a percentage of the shirt sales uh Apple is going to pay him a percentage of the prescript uh the subscriptions and it looks like he's um kind of straight line to MLS ownership of a, of a team when he's uh when he's all said and done so uh anything to get him over right anything he wants I mean that's like do that in anything I mean I'm all for that and you know they were talking about the <clears throat> Beckham got the uh, ability to buy a team for 25 million and he has now turned that 25 million team into a one billion dollar team through the Messi yeah. acquisition and if Messi can own a team who knows what he can do so I'm like, hey, man, give these people everything they, they need and want. And yeah. I mean, it's totally worth it. 
and the timing of it is couldn't be more perfect oh you know, right before the world cup oh that will be hosted in this country. So hopefully it is a catalyst for the continued growth of, of the sport in, in the U S yeah. And we got the infrastructure. Now we got young players coming up through academies. We've got these incredible soccer specific stadiums. So like we're totally primed for this to just explode. Um, uh, changing tact just a little bit. Um, I'm always curious, just like, how much soccer do you watch and what do you watch? Um, like if given the choice between EPL champions league river versus Boca, uh, Real Madrid versus Barcelona, like, what do you watch? Like what's kind of your favorite flavor? Yeah. I'm embarrassed to admit, I don't watch as much as I used to. Um, but that being said, premier league on, you know, Saturday, Sunday morning, the time is just perfect. Yep. You might wake up, have a cup of coffee, and turn on a Leeds United game, and that's kind of what what I like to do now. Um, I was actually in Houston earlier this week, and on my way back, the um, Canadian Champions Cup was going on. Vancouver and Toronto, I think, mm -hmm. were playing each other, and so I watched that game. It was like the first MLS game I'd watched from beginning to end, and you know, a year or two. But uh, I try I try to keep up with the MLS um, as much as I can, just because. There are, you know, a couple former teammates, yeah. friends who are still playing, but most most of my generation has, has kind of began to phase out. Yeah, no, I, and that's where I'm going with it. Is I love asking people because our age group. Well, I mean, I'm, I've got quite a bit of age on you, but when I was coming along, you were lucky to get any game whenever you could, and um, I happened to just man you, man city like people end up being big fans of certain clubs just on some particular game that had a major impact on them when they were little kids and it was just whatever was available. Whereas now you can almost watch anything and everything, which is awesome. Yeah. And I'm just fascinated on what people watch. And I also yeah. hope that people watch MLS too. It's not a, it's not an either or it's a yes. And like, yeah, of course I watch EPL. I watch champions league. I watch, I watch everything, but I watch MLS as well. And I hope people will continue to watch it because it's getting really, really, really good. And I think that, you know, our kids generation will grow up and be like, no, like they have teams that they grew up rooting for, which I think is wonderful. Um, another one I just wanted to ask you about, um, you know, Benzema just retired from Real Madrid Ibrahimovic just finally retired. Um, just curious, who do you think had the better career? Now, I know Benzema's not fully done, but you know, who would you say had a better career, Benzema or Ibrahimovic? That's a tough one because they're both very different players. Um, Ibrahimovic is kind of the guy that you have to build a team around, and he's going to be the alpha male in whatever locker room he's in, but he has those moments of brilliance that nobody else could – could pull off and i'll never forget that bicycle he scored with sweden yeah, from yeah. like 40 yards out i mean and then the, the first mls goal he ever had i was yeah. watching live and i was just blown away like yeah. he, he's the only person that can pull off those moments but back to your question i would say benzema probably had the better career just holistically i think he had the unique ability to get better with time and i don't know how old he is now but he was in great form like last year in Champions League play, like scoring goals, top goal scorer for Real Madrid. And, um, you know, you could put him in any environment. And I, I know that he would succeed. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, like Zlatan, yeah, you know, yeah. refers to himself in the third person. He, um, 
you know, he he's kind of like branded himself as like the third to to Messi and Ronaldo. But I don't. I mean, I don't even think he's in the. I don't even know if I'd put him in. The, I mean, he's a great player, but I don't even know if I'd put him in the top thirty players of all time. Whereas, and I would not certainly not put Benzema necessarily in there. But Benzema is maybe he's certainly a top ten Real Madrid player of all time, um, which is incredible. He's the reigning Ballon d'Or winner, which um, is incredible. And um, you know, he's like maybe the second or third leading scorer of all time for Real Madrid behind Ronaldo. Maybe Raul, um, which is pretty incredible. So I, I'd have to g- agree with you. I think Benzema, Benzema gets it. Um, did you, um, did you by any chance get to catch any of the um, US U twenty World Cup games? You know, I haven't just because of the time difference. But I've been tracking, you know, the articles, and obviously the loss to Uruguay was was um, a bummer. You know, just disappointing. But I, I think the team played pretty well based on what I read and the highlights that I watched. Um, so yeah, it's something that, you know, I just struggle to find time for now, but when, when it's on, I'll, I'll watch it if I'm free. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and I didn't get to watch all of it, but I did catch some and, you know, um, I, I'm always interested kind of who are the up and comers. I don't know that Cade Cowell is a beast. Diego Luna was a beast. Um, Josh Widner played great. Of course, the Uruguay game, he really had a couple. He, he had an own goal, and then he kind of missed a tackle that led to the other other goal. And then uh, Owen Wolf played great. Um, are there any um, players that are exciting to you right now, young U.S. Uh, players, MLS or full you know, U.S. national team players? Is there anyone that is kind of exciting to you? Yeah, someone I've been or I've had my eye on um, who played in the World Cup, but I think is still young and has a great career ahead of him is uh, Brendan Aronson. Oh, yeah. Um, I just love his style of play. Um, I think he's coachable. I think he's a team player. I think he plays hard. He's gritty. And his technical ability is just unbelievably off the charts. And so I'm really excited to track his success over time. And I think he's a free agent or there's yeah. a clause or something in his contract that allows him to be a free, free agent after the relegation uh, this year. So I'm curious to see where, where he ends up, but um, somebody who I, I think very highly of as a player. Yeah. I love Aronson. Um, my sons and I watch him all the time and it's too bad Leeds USA is sort of no longer um, and a, actually, uh, not a day goes by that Jesse Marsh isn't linked with some different club. But the one I saw literally last night was Olympiacos, actually. And he, if, it was saying that if he goes there, he was going to bring Aronson with him, which would be kind of cool. Um, I mean, very different. Um, but, I mean, you kind of hate for him to leave the EPL. But I don't know. It could be cool. I mean, he, he could be a real star there, maybe. Um, but, no, I love Aronson. And his little brother is a beast. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, totally agree. He was supposed to be on that U twenty World Cup team, but his club didn't release him because they needed him so bad, which is a positive. Um, and some have said he's m- certainly one of, but perhaps maybe even the best player in that U twenty pool, which is really cool. Um, huh. What a talented family! Um, so I want to get to you and your background a little bit more because I'm just fascinated. Um, so you came up through the academy system, but you didn't play for Fusion, did you? No. So the academy system was really nascent in its 
early stage when I was coming up. Um, all these academies are being formed all over the place. And so I was on one of the last club teams, traditional club teams, um, that was actually coached by Elmar Bolowich because his, his son was uh, my age and we, he put together a little team in Chapel Hill. Um, and so we had players from all over the state coming in um, for training every day and home games were in Raleigh. So it was a bit of a drive for me being from Greensboro, but that was my high school team. I grew up in the Greensboro soccer club system nice. um, prior to that. Wow. I will, how about that? I didn't even know that. So you and I share a, uh, a exact same uh, background. So I came up, it used to be Greensboro Bucks. I don't know if you ever heard that. That's going to old school. Yeah. Bucks red and Bucks blue. And those those games were like Paige Grimsley-esque rivalries. It was awesome. Um, and I uh, then it became Greensboro Soccer Club, actually. And I actually did the same thing as you. I played for Carolina United with Elmar was our coach okay. and uh logan uh mm -hmm. was one of my teammates uh i don't know if you heard the names matt crawford ryan levitan uh, michael gell uh list goes on and on and on but they all played at carolina and they were sick yep. and we were we were really 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 good and it was uh unbelievable to play with those guys and that's how i logan was on later today and uh he and i played club together uh, for Elmar as a matter of fact. So, yeah. How about that? Same exact yeah. thing. Yeah. That's, a, that's awesome. Elmar was just such a fantastic coach and really primed me to be the best player that I could be. And, you know, had that wisdom about him. I felt like if he wasn't a soccer coach, he would be, I don't know what he would be, but he would be really good at it. So yeah. just fortunate that that's the career that he chose because, you know, he's just such a wise, smart um, man. Yeah, warm and fuzzy he was not. However, I've never played better. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, what was so – he was just so tactically perfect. Like, I remember he had us as a team, just a well-oiled machine. Like, I've never been coached like that where it was like – I remember we had a real aggressive kind of defense – approach where we really rushed the D. I don't know if you guys did that, but I'd never had been, yeah, never been coached by anyone that had ever done that before. And yeah, um, yeah that team yeah, we were on was sick. So yeah, um, we, we were pretty good too. And I remember the like, pressing mentality. Um, but what yeah. it did was create room for creativity on the offensive end. And he really had a good way of allowing like finding that balance of being a tactician, but also allowing enough room for creativity to kind of bring out the best in his, in his players. Yeah, no, he was an, he, yeah, he was a truly brilliant coach. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just an honor to be able to play alongside a lot of those guys and even start with them, which was just crazy. And um, a lot of those guys, as you know, went on to become MLS legends. And um, I'm lucky to have said I played right there with them. Um, the um so um and then from there you went to chapel hill um so uh you know and then you you guys you won the state championship at page right and then you yeah. got, had an incredible run at uh chapel hill and then so tell me about your time in the mls you were at the dynamo right yeah um so i wasn't sure that i was going to play professionally mm -hmm. Um, when I was in school, I didn't know that that was an option because I actually walked on kind of to the team. Elmar like gave me a 
preferred spot and kind of got me through the admissions process. Um, but I wasn't on a, you know, it's material scholarship, at least initially. And um, I was, I was fortunate to walk into a team that was ripe full of veterans, guys who played MLS, were some of the best players I've ever played with, uh, Jaleel Anababa, Michael Farfan, Stephen McCarthy, um, just all great guys. And, you know, the opportunity to learn from them and to be thrown in that environment and kind of have to sink or swim was just perfect for me. And so my freshman year, we actually had a bunch of injuries and I was planning to redshirt from day one. It was never you know, an option that I was going to play. And that was kind of mutually understood between Elmar and I. And we had a bunch of injuries about midway through the season. I was playing pretty well in practice. And Elmar, you know, came to me afterwards and was like, hey, if if I need you next game, we're playing South Carolina at home. He's like, do you mind if I throw you in? And I was like, yeah, heck yeah. And he was like, you know what this means, though, because we're halfway through the season, you're burning a red shirt. Sure. And I was like, I don't care. Just put me in. Yeah. And so uh, he put me in and um, it was zero, zero. Of course, we had another injury in the second half. So decided to sub me in and um, we were playing South Carolina at home. And I remember the center back got the ball and I blocked it with uh, when he was trying to cross it back in the box and immediately found myself on a breakaway with the goalie and scored the goal to go up one zero. And so after that, I, I just really never looked back. I became a starter in 2011 we won the national championship that year. And so all yeah. of a sudden I'm on like all these pro professional scouts radar. And so it was really just kind of a dream and happenstance for me to fall into this situation. So I, um, I was drafted in the second round by the Houston Dynamo. Didn't go to the draft because I didn't think I was going to be drafted. <laughs> and so it was a huge shock. I remember watching it uh, with my mom and, and my best friend, Glenn Long, who played at Carolina with yeah. me. Also Great player. Great player. I watched yeah. him too. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I spent two seasons with the Dynamo. It was it was awesome. Um, would do it all over again. Uh, I think I played in like 20 or 25 games, um, had some injury issues, um, which was part of the reason why I decided to, to stop when I did. But also just had some, you know, career aspirations beyond the sport of soccer. Um, and so I just felt like it was time for me to, to step away and kind of pursue um, what I, what I was, uh, looking to do at the time. Well, you did it, man. You made it all the way. And, um, I, I watched you a lot and, um, for the listeners and viewers that never had the pleasure of watching Rob Lovejoy, one of the fastest players I've ever seen. And that's <laughs> saying something, because again, I played with Michael Gell and Logan Pauls and Matt Crawford and, uh, and, uh, Grant Porter, um, was Grant, did Grant coach you at all when you were there or not quite yet? No, Grant was our uh, assistant coach. His nice. first year was 2011 when we won a national championship. So uh, Grant is a – I can't say enough good things about that guy. He he bleeds Carolina blue, uh, loves the state of North Carolina, and he's just a fantastic coach and better human being. So Yeah, you know, so we had him on. I don't know if you watched that episode, but I uh, – and I, I told you when I met you is I, I joked I literally had to mark Grant Porter – from fourth grade to 12th grade, we both played center mid and I could, I mean, I was good, but not Grant Porter good. I mean, him and Logan <laughs> were on the national team. And every time I saw him, I was like, Oh my God, I'm about to just get embarrassed. And he was, he was probably the best I ever played against. Um, Eddie was the best I ever had a chance to share the field with best teammate I ever had was probably Logan. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was, you know, I, it was just cool that I played with all those guys and they even remember who I am, which yeah. uh, I was, <laughs> you know, I'm sure they barely do, but at least I was there. Um, no, so Grant's great, great player. Um, and uh, so I'm also, you know, I've asked everyone this too. And again, we're all Tar Heels. I love Burhalter. I've watched him as a player. You should watch him at Carolina. He was a great player, and I thought he did a fantastic job in the World Cup. Um, and he's a Tar Heel, so we love him. Um, but who do you think should be the next U.S. men's coach? <laughs> That's a tough one because uh, there's just so many names going being thrown around right now. Um, I like Greg a lot. I know Greg personally. Um, he was a coach at Columbus when I was drafted. Um so got to know him then and through the Carolina network. And I think he did a fantastic job in the world cup and, you know, hate all the off the field stuff that happened afterwards. But I think there is something to be said for continuity. Um, and especially now in this point in time where we are uh, in this country with respect to soccer, because last world cup was really, or maybe it was just before that was really the first like gen- or most meaningful generational shift yep. that, we experience with guys like Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey, DeMarcus Beasley kind of phasing out and new guys coming in. Um, and I thought Greg just did a fantastic job of putting together a team that included, you know, some American uh, born and MLS players with all the European talent that we have come to know and love. And so, you know, he, I believe in a system. I think he's a brilliant tactician um, and I'd love to see him give a, get another shot to be honest, but, you know, it's not up to me, obviously. I know there's been some recent hires at the front office of the U.S. Soccer Federation. Yep. Cindy Parlow, I think, does a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, I know her husband well, John Cohn, and uh, just think highly of them. So I know that I, I trust the system that it'll work out the way it's supposed to. Um, you know, I also think highly of Jesse Marsh. He was coach at New York Red Bull when I was playing. Um, and I know they've they've spoken about some bringing in some foreign um, names like Patrick Vieira or, um, you know, Thierry Henry, yeah. even I think I read about, but I, uh, I would personally prefer to, to keep an American coach who can understand our culture and understand our players. Um, because I think we tried that a little bit with Jurgen Klinsmann and there's some mixed reviews um, <laughs> on that. And he, he couldn't have been a better coach, you know, talk about, you know, high pedigree that, that, you know, couldn't have, uh, worked out any better, but, uh, you know, uh, I, that's just my personal opinion that bring in someone like Greg or Jesse would, would be ideal. You, you literally, <laughs> Zach will attest, that's almost literally been my talking point for every episode. So like Burhalter, I thought we did a fantastic job. I thought we played really, really well. Um, I'm not. I'm not even going to go into the Reina stuff. I will just say I wish I'd. I wish Reina had played a little bit more because I think Gio Reina is sick. Um, I'm not saying he's just started, but I. I would have loved to see him get a lot more run. I, I'm not getting into all the stuff with all that and everything because I love the Reinas. I love the Burhalters. Uh, they're, they're Tar Heel UVA. Those are our people. Um, and Burhalter did an awesome job. I do wonder like. Do we maybe need a new fresh look? Or maybe we don't. Like you said, maybe the continuity thing. But I do, I am excited about Jesse Marsh too. I think mm-hmm. I think both he and Burhalter have that perfect um MLS played it, you know, played 
internationally, but like co have coached internationally, but also really understand the MLS system and are American born. And I, we, we keep coming back to this thing of like not having a foreign coach, but like I, I, I rooted for Klinsman to be the coach more than anything, but him not having Donovan on the team, I mean, that, that was the worst mistake of all time. I mean, that was just ridiculous. And Julian Green, I mean, anybody even know who, who that guy is anymore? I mean, again, I'm sure he's a great guy, but like you, Landon Donovan's the best player of all time in America. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know, Marsh and Burhalter, um, you know, and man, you get excited about Thierry Henry or uh, um, Vieira, but like, I just, there's something about the American athlete that's just unique. And yeah. um, so I, I, I yeah. tend to agree with you. Yeah, no, I, we'll, we'll see. Um, I hope they make a decision quickly because, you know, World Cup is thousand days away. So. <laughs> yeah, we got to get going. Um, uh, just one or two more quick before we hop into the fun rapid fire question. I'm curious, um, what was the coolest or, or most uh, intense environment you ever played in the MLS? What was like? your your favorite stadium to play in or your least favorite stadium or least or favorite team to play against yeah it's a good question um for me it was probably the portland timbers and i know that's probably the expected answer but it was i've never seen anything like it that their fans were in their seats before the bus got to the stadium so wow. we had to walk across the field with the entire fan base yelling and screaming at us and I mean, I just will never forget, you know, the atmosphere and the energy and just the the noise of that stadium during that game. And um, I actually ended up coming off the bench in one of my few appearances and thought I played pretty well, but then got laid into by the coach afterwards. So <laughs> it was uh, it was just one of those memorable games that I don't think I'll ever forget. That's all. Yeah, man, that's that's on my bucket list of places to go amongst God. There's so many cool ones. Now I want to, you know, Minnesota and Austin FC and Nashville and, um, St. Louis and, but no, Portland has got to be way high up there. Sporting Kansas city is supposed to be great too. Um, yep. all right, man, well, I, we're going to dive into the fun rapid fire questions. I hope you have fun with these. Um, all right. are you ready? I'm ready. Um, all right. The favorite Messi or Ronaldo, who you got? Messi. Right no on. question. Right on. And story there, I've actually trained with Messi. Oh, my God. Um, we, when we were in Houston, Argentina was playing a friendly against Bolivia the night before, and they played their second team in the game, and they asked to use our facility the next day for the first team to train, which included Messi, Di Maria, Aguero, Otamendi, all the starters. And they needed five more players to – come complete oh their small-sided uh, game and so i got picked and dude i will never forget just like shaking how nervous i was to be on that field but it was just such a blast and oh so God. from then i've always been a messy fan always will be but that just was icing on the cake for me well i mean were they just sick or like were they nice like did you get to interact with them at all a little bit yeah i mean most of them don't speak english but the the quality of play on that field was just unmatched to what everything anything i've ever seen it's like the pace the decision making the movement off the ball it, it was fun to match yourself up against that and just realize how you know 
much of a gap there still exists between what great looks like and what we think good looks like in this country. Well, whatever else you do in this life, you did that. And that, I mean, holy smokes, that's, I'm not sure we're going to have anyone on here ever that's done that. So that's a topper of all toppers. Um, Messi or Maradona? Just because I'm closer in age to Messi, I'm going to say Messi. Right on. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, again, that's probably the right answer. For me, though, Maradona was like, my guy he was like you know when i was 10 i was like dude this guy is a rock star and and he was little and like you know i was kind of short and so he could you know his swagger i I always have a sweet spot for maradona but messi's you probably had the more impressive career um ronaldo or ronaldo as in cristiano versus il phenomeno the latter el phenomeno for me right on man yeah. I hear you, brother. Ultimate goal scorer. I love it. I love it. Um, all right. The tough one. Again, I always hate asking this because I love these guys both so, so much, but it's fun to ask it. Donovan or Dempsey? <laughs> They're so different. Um, I'm going to go with Dempsey back to your swagger comment. I don't think anybody in U.S. soccer history has had that much swagger. He's just he's the ultimate competitor. Yeah. And I mean, he just crushed it in the EPL for so long and was really, you know, he played at the highest, highest Donovan, you know, he was kind of captain America and chosen to be, carry the banner for the MLS. Um, and he, when he did have that spell at Everton, he was unreal. So he could, I think he could have been as good. It may be even better than Dempsey, but you know, Dempsey did do it at that level. And, but again, we're talking about, two American heroes and two of my, I mean, I would, you know, two of my favorite players of all time. Um, who, um, who's your favorite player of all time? Sorry. Um, you're good. I'm going with favorite player of all time is definitely Messi. Right on. By far the 2011 Barcelona team was my kind of my team that I, you know, will never forget one because we won the national championship that year as well. But their just ball movement, the players they had on the field, um, they won the treble. It it was that was kind of my favorite team to watch growing up. Yeah, plus you just mentioned you played with them. So I mean how could you not say that? Um you know, sticking with the theme of the show, I know you're an attacker, but who's your favorite center mid of all time? It's a good question. Um I would say Iniesta. I I don't think there are many players I've ever seen who just had the, that level of soccer IQ and who can move off the ball and connect and combine with, with people um, as as efficiently as he did. So I, he was one of my favorite players to watch growing up. I know Zach loves that answer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good choice. Zach's Zach's I think he's De Bruyne's number one and then Iniesta is two yeah absolutely and uh even your your Jesse Marsh shout out I liked earlier so we're right on we're right on par man uh like it Zach that's a good I liked you that's a good one that's a good one um who's the best player you ever played with or against um well no I won't you know somebody who has been on my team Mm -hmm. probably Demarcus Beasley. Um, I'll never forget walking in the locker room the first day and just getting starstruck when I walked by his locker because his poster was on my wall as a little kid. Yeah. 
Um, but I've never played with somebody who sees the game that he does. And I swear he has like photographic memory because <laughs> we were in preseason my rookie's year and he pulled me aside afterwards and was like, do you remember this play where ball was over here? You made this run. I was over here. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And he was on the complete opposite side of the field as a left back and I was a right mid and he, his ability to just see the, the field from a omniscient kind of broad perspective is, is unique. Yeah. That's so great. And Grant had the same answer actually. That's so cool. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, huh. yeah, I mean, he, he yeah Dempsey Donovan Beasley those are my top three of all time for Americans and man he was so good that's such an interesting story you say it's almost like LeBron that say one of the reasons why he's so good is he has like he can remember defensive plays of other teams like 10 years ago that's interesting I mean that's just interesting perspective people probably didn't know that about DeMarcus Beasley aside from the fact that he was the quickest player of all time and just god what a beast great answer um all right my favorite one Time to name your perfect 11, um, you, Ooh, combining man. from any era. Let, let's hear it. Okay. Um, I'm going to start goalie, and before I start, I'm going 4-3-3. Three, three. Okay. Goalie would be Iker Casillas. Right on. Um, from right to left across the back, I'd go Philip Long, Carlos Puyol, Franz Beckenbauer, and then Marcelo. Right on even though he's a Real Madrid player, but that's okay. <laughs> um, in the middle, go with Zinedine Zidane, Johan Cruyff, and my man Iniesta. Nice. And then across the top, this was really hard, but right to left, going Maradona, Pele, Messi. Awesome. That's pretty killer. I love it. Um, and then the last question is, what's your favorite jersey of all time? <laughs> <laughs> Does it have to be a club or can it be country? Absolutely. It can be country. It can okay. be anything. If it can be country, Croatia, 100%. Nice. Love Can't it. beat this checkered flag. Yep. I actually got one over here. Yeah, I got the I got the Suker Croatia jersey. Nice. Um, no, that's great. Um, all right, my man. Rob, I really, really appreciate it. Um, can't thank you enough for joining. I hope you enjoyed it. We really enjoyed it. You had some incredible stories. I do have two guests that want to come pop their head in real quick and just say hey real quick. Hey. Hey, guys. All right. On the count of three, say one, two, three, go Cougars. One, two, three. Go Cougars. <laughs> Love it. Go Cougars. All right. All right, man. Well, thanks so much, Rob. Thank you so much for joining, and uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Matt.